Welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Beagle Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a tricky subject. We're going to talk about insurance coverage and what it really means to have these different coverages, what amounts you should have, and some of the things that you should know in the event that you have to use some of these coverages to to help you in the event of an accident, whether it be your fault or someone else's fault. Let's start with some just basic insurance terms so that you understand some of the things that I may take for granted when I'm talking to clients. First of all, there's something called your deductible. In your auto insurance policy, you can usually select your deductible based on your coverage limits. It can be $500, it can go all the way up to $2,500. This deductible is the portion of damages that you'll pay before your coverage kicks in. So let's say that you're in an accident and the repairs cost $2,500 and your deductible is $500. You would pay the first $500. Your insurance company would pay the remaining $2,000. In total, that's the $2,500 claim uh, that you'd be making. It's important to understand what your premium is versus what your coverage limit is. Those are different terms, and sometimes people get confused and they say things like, well, my my premium is, is X. No, your premium is what you pay the insurance company for the coverage that you have. Your limit is the amount of coverage that you're purchasing from the insurance company. And so you want to make sure that you want to understand the differences uh, between those two simply for the sake of discussion or explaining to someone what kind of coverage you have have versus the amount you pay for that coverage. That would be the premium, the amount that you pay. When it comes to coverages, we hear all the time, I have full coverage. Ask your friends or a family member what kind of insurance they have, and they're going to oftentimes say one of two things. They're going to say, I have the minimum coverage, which is what the state mandates you carry in terms of coverage, or I have full coverage. There's usually no in-between. The problem is full coverage is just a vague and arbitrary term. It doesn't really mean anything. So you don't have full coverage. You have what could be considered adequate coverage or could be considered a sufficient amount of coverage should you be in an accident and need to use your insurance. But there is no such thing as full coverage. That term came about years ago. And I think it really was a way of generally speaking about insurance saying I'm covered in full. But but you really, if you think about it, there isn't a situation that you can be entirely covered in full. Let's just use the most obvious example. If you're in an accident and you have to use your liability coverage, meaning you're at fault for the accident, regardless of what policy you have, if you killed the other person, there isn't a dollar amount that you can put on the other person's life that you could buy in coverage that would adequately be, be sufficient coverage for the loss of a life. So that's there's no full coverage, right? You can't You can't say, I'm fully covered. Because if I kill someone, I have enough insurance to uh, protect myself. That's, that's unlikely because, again, then we get into a whole discussion about how you value a human life and what a, a human life is actually worth. And it's well into the six figures and, and possibly eight figures and beyond. 
So that, let's just get rid of the idea of full coverage for a minute. Let's just talk about the different coverage coverage that you can purchase and whether that's adequate for your, your situation. Liability coverage, as I just referenced, has to do with protecting you in the event that you cause an accident. So it's coverage that is required by the state that you have a minimum amount of, but there's an unlimited amount maybe unlimited is, is a little strong of a word, but there's a lot of different options that you can cover yourself well above the minimum limits. Now, there are people out there that will listen to this podcast that think insurance is a scam and it's a racket and you know it's not there to help you. And, and you know this is just one big deal between the states and the insurance carriers to make the insurance companies richer. I don't disagree with any of that, but the reality is you have to have insurance. So why not have a good amount of insurance to protect you in the event that you cause an accident, a good amount of liability insurance. We practice law in three states, Arizona, California, and Colorado. In Arizona, as of July 1st of this year, 2020, the insurance limits changed for liability coverage. They used to be 15,000 per person per accident, 30,000 total accident, and 10,000 for property damage. Those insurance limits changed as of July 1st and now you have to carry at least at least 25,000 per person per accident, 50,000 total accident and 15,000 for property coverage. Now let me just unpack that quickly for uh, those of you that don't understand what those different coverages mean. When I say 25,000 per person, that means that's the maximum amount of insurance that you're buying in the event that you use your liability coverage, that you're at fault for an accident. You will cover up to anyone else that was injured, not you, but anyone else. You'll cover them, if, if you're at fault, you'll cover them up to, or your insurance will cover them up to $25,000 for one accident. If there are multiple people involved. So let's say there are multiple people in a vehicle and you cause an accident and you hurt all of those people, your insurance would cover up to 50,000 total for all people. So let's say there's three people. They're not each entitled to up to 25,000. They're only entitled to up to 50 total. And they have to then, that amount has to be divvied up between those injured parties. The 15,000 for property has to do with how much coverage you would have to repair a vehicle that you damaged. So you run into another vehicle and your insurance, you have the state minimum in Arizona, your insurance would cover up to 15,000 for property damage. That's inclusive of fixing the vehicle, loss of use, which is for rental while the vehicle is being fixed, potentially a diminished value claim, which is the difference between what the vehicle is worth before the accident and what the vehicle is worth after the accident. And then any other ancillary losses that may occur related to the property claim. It could be for a total loss, meaning the vehicle is not repairable and then the vehicle has to be, has to be declared a total loss, paying for that fair market value of, of the vehicle. 15,000 is not a lot of money for newer vehicles that are out on the roads today. It's very hard to get a vehicle for less than 
than 15,000. And so if your vehicle is, if you hit a vehicle that's worth more than that, and you, you have state minimum coverage in Arizona, you may have insufficient coverage to protect you in the event that you cause damage to another vehicle. In California, the coverage limits are still similar to what they were in Arizona before the law changed as of July 1st. They're 15,000 per person, 30,000 total accident, and then 5,000 for vehicle coverage. That is very, very low. I mean, extremely low. A fender bender could be more than 5,000 in property damages the way vehicles are built today and, and the, the work that needs to be done to repair a vehicle to what we call pre-accident condition. So those limits are quite low. Colorado mirrors what Arizona has in coverage. It's 25,000 per person per accident, 50,000 total accident, and then 15,000 for property claim. Now, remember in these three states, that is the floor or the minimum amount of coverage that you are by law required to have in the event that you cause an accident and you're deemed at fault and you have to use your liability policy to pay for uh, damages or bodily injuries to the people in the other vehicle. Here's what I'll tell you. Start the analysis by asking yourself, how much do I want to carry in coverage to adequately protect me to make sure that I'm not personally responsible, that I'm not having to write a check out of my personal bank account to pay for damages that may happen if I cause an accident. So start the analysis right there. Don't start with what's the minimum coverage. That's the floor, not the ceiling. Don't ever start with the floor. And I'm trust me, I, I don't I fight insurance companies all day long. I am not a fan of paying insurance companies for coverages that are more than what you need. But I am a fan of protecting people in the event that they get into an accident or they cause an accident to make sure that people aren't coming after them personally for the injuries and the damages that they may have caused to a vehicle. So ask yourself, how much coverage do I need to protect me in the event that this happens? And, and that analysis may start with, do I own a home? Do I have a business? Do I have things that could be in jeopardy if I cause an accident and I don't have enough coverage to protect me? And then that person that I've harmed comes after me personally. So that's just something to think about and kind of, you have to make that decision for you, but I would tell you that the state minimum simply in any three of the states that we practice is, is not enough. It, it's certainly not enough in California, but it, it's not even enough in Arizona and Colorado. Having the state minimum means that you are barely protected. That's the word I'll use. You're barely protected. It's very basic coverage and you are barely protected. Basically you are complying with the law. That's it. You're not looking to protect yourself. You're simply complying with the law. That is a dangerous position to put yourself in. And you don't want to do that if you have options and you have options when you buy your insurance. And that's to think about what kind of coverages you would want in the event that you cause an accident and you have to tap into your liability coverage. So there's all different limit amounts, right? It can go up to six figures. And then you can get umbrella policies that are beyond that into the seven figures. You have to decide what your 
what we call personal exposure may be if you cause an accident, because you can bet that an attorney or a person that's making a claim that was injured in an accident, if you have insufficient coverages, they are going to look to you personally to contribute, to be a person that, that pays money out of pocket to get this claim resolved if you didn't have enough insurance. If you're going to buy insurance, you might as well buy enough to cover you in the event that that happens. Now, going back to the initial example I gave you about you killing someone, it's tough to buy enough coverage for that, but you can put you can put pretty good coverage in place that protects you in the event that that happens. And you just need to think about those situations and what you have to protect. Now, if you're on the other side of this, and it really is a spectrum, right? From I don't, I just want to comply with the law to I want to have as much coverage as they possibly can because I have a lot of assets to protect and a lot of things that I'd be worried would be exposed if I were uh, to cause an accident. And that's a sliding spectrum. There, you you may fall somewhere in the middle. You may fall more towards the the lower end of that spectrum or more towards the higher end of that spectrum. But even if you don't have a lot to protect, you still want to put yourself in a position where you are protecting others in the event that you cause an accident. It, it, that's I think that's more of our civic duty. That's more of our responsibility. And we don't want to be in a situation where we say, well, I have a, an older model vehicle. I live in an apartment. I don't really own anything. I don't have any money in savings. I live paycheck to paycheck. So I'm going to buy the state minimum coverage because I have to comply with the law. I would still urge you to consider purchasing more than that. And again, I don't, there's no incentive for me to tell you to buy more insurance. I, I, the only incentive is that you're protecting yourself in the event that you cause an accident. So let's talk a little bit more about some different coverages. Comprehensive coverage, that's different than collision coverage. People often say, well, I have, I have collision coverage, but I don't have comprehensive coverage. Let me give you some examples to explain the differences. Collision coverage is what we just talked about. You cause a collision and it would pay for the damages to the other vehicle that was in the collision, right? You cause the accident and it pays for uh, the damages related to, uh, to that crash. Comprehensive coverage is damage that occurs in other situations that don't involve a crash. So an example in Arizona, uh, we get really bad haboobs. There, there are these storms that come kind of this time of year, July, August, September, and they're huge dust devil. They look like giant just walls of, of dirt and they come through and they just wreck the, the Phoenix metro area and all the suburbs. Vehicles often get damaged from those haboobs. They can knock over trees. They can throw rocks in the air. They can just uh, damage paint from the force of the the dirt in the air and the winds. So if that happened and you wanted to make a claim to have your own vehicle repaired, you would need to use comprehensive coverage. If you don't have it, then you wouldn't get to use it. An example in California, they have uh, right now ongoing wildfires that are ravaging parts of the state. Let's say your vehicle gets burned. That would be an example of you wanting to tap into your comprehensive coverage. So your comprehensive coverage protects you. It does not protect the another vehicle. Your collision coverage protects another vehicle. So comprehensive protects you and your vehicle. Uh, the last example is I'll use in Colorado, one of the other states that we practice in. A lot of 
damage from ice and snow in the winter. And again, your comprehensive coverage would protect your vehicle in the, in the event that that happened. So you want to con contemplate whether you want to have those coverages. What you don't want to be, I mean, insurance is in essence, a protection against future harm that could occur. It may never occur. And hopefully it does not ever occur to you. But in the event that it does, that's why insurance is there to protect you against that so that it doesn't happen. And then you're left kind of with your hands in the air saying, my vehicle just got destroyed because a tree fell on it and I don't have the right coverage to pay for it. Now I'm out of pocket to pay off the vehicle and, and try to figure out how to buy another one. So make sure you're thinking about those different coverage amounts when, when you're purchasing insurance. Some additional coverages that you can get med med pay or what we, I'm sorry, it's medical payment coverage. We call it med pay in, in our profession or PIP, which is personal injury protection. This is coverage that basically is a no fault coverage that you buy to protect you in the event that you or your passengers are injured or you injure, you cause an accident to a third party and they're injured it'll pay up to a certain amount in coverage for medical expenses, funeral costs, uh, different damages that may occur related to the accident. And you want to make sure that you're mindful of how much you're buying here. You don't want to have a, a, an extraordinary amount of this coverage type because there are laws in all three states where we practice again, Arizona, California, and Colorado, that basically limit how much that coverage can be used in an accident. And some insurance companies will require that it, they're paid back in full if you collect from another coverage under the policy. So you, let's say uh, you cause an accident and there's liability coverage that the other party can use. They may want to also use your medical payment coverage but they may not get to keep it all if they also recover from your liability coverage. So just be aware of that, that dilemma that exists there with that coverage is you don't want to buy more than you need because in the event that you use it, it could be clawed back by the insurance company. Again, it's not a bait and switch. There's no scam here. Just be aware, be aware of what the laws say, talk to an attorney, call us and I'll tell you what I would recommend in one of our three States, if that's where you live and, and buy your coverages. Some other things that you want to be aware of are what is called underinsured motorist coverage and uninsured motorist coverage. Now we use the terms UM for uninsured and UIM for underinsured. And these two different coverages protect you. So it's great they both start with the letter U because they protect you in the event that an accident happens and you're not at fault. And the other party that is at fault doesn't have insurance at all. There are an amazing amount of drivers out there that don't have insurance, which is just sad in, in just the fact that there are, I think what there was a there was research done in the insurance industry. And, and I think it was one in eight drivers don't have insurance at all. That, that's, if you look around you the next time you're driving and count the vehicles around you, one of those vehicles does not have insurance every time you're out on the road. So imagine you're hit by one of those vehicles and they cause the accident. You would normally think, well, they have a liability policy. At least 
by law, they have to have the state minimum coverage. Not necessarily. People just risk the payments to insurance and hope that they don't cause an accident because they don't want to have it, can't afford it. There are other reasons that uh, may come into a person's decision to not be insured. But if that does happen and you don't carry that UM coverage, uninsured coverage, then you are out of luck in terms of going after insurance coverage. You may be able to go after that person personally, but you would not be able to collect through insurance. So UM, uninsured motorist coverage, protects you in the event that that happens. So you want to have, I always tell people, I like to encourage people to mirror what they're buying in liability coverage. If you're going to buy 100000 per person per accident in liability coverage, meaning I'm going to protect someone if I hit them up to $100,000, then I would say do the same thing for you. I'm also going to protect me in the event that someone hits me and they don't have insurance up to $100,000. Now, UIM coverage means, means, let's say the other driver has a state minimum coverage in California. It's $15,000 per person per accident. And you're in California and you get hit. You live in California, you're visiting California, and you get hit by a driver who only has 15000 in coverage for you. Your damages, your medical expenses, your lost wages, everything that comes from the accident, the crash, exceeds $100,000. Well, if the insurance company, if the person who hit you only has 15000 in liability coverage, the insurance company is only going to pay up to 15000 They don't have to pay any more. And so they're only going to pay up to that, that coverage limit, which means then you're either forced to go after the other party personally, and you may be able to get them to make a personal contribution because they may have some exposure, but may, they may not. And so you may be stuck with the 15000 However, if you contemplate this scenario up front, you can also buy what's called UIM coverage, which is underinsured. It means the person that hits you does not have enough insurance to cover you. And so you're buying this coverage to protect you in that situation. So it's a little different than UM, which is uninsured. The driver just didn't have any insurance. This says, this assumes that the other driver had some insurance, but it's not enough to cover you. So let's say in that same scenario, they have 15,000, the liability carrier, whoever it is, pays the 15,000. You could then turn to your own insurance and get the additional 85,000 to equal that total 100,000 in damages that you suffered from your insurance. Now here's the, the thing we hear most often or the question we get asked most often outside of being told that everyone, you know, that someone has full coverage. We get asked, well, if I go after my insurance then my rates are gonna go up. That cannot happen by law. There are statutes, laws in every state that do not allow insurance companies to raise your rates if you are not at fault for an accident and you dip into your own policy, because that would be a penalty for you using your own, the policies that you pay for the premium. Remember we go back to that word premium, because that's what you're paying for the insurance coverages that you have. If you then get penalized for using the insurance coverages that you purchased, that would be contrary to logic, right? You're now not able to use the insurance company because the rates are going up to balance what, the claim amount was that you made against your insurance company. So that, that cannot happen by law. Now, here's the reality, because I could stop right there and that's true. Everything I just said is absolutely true. 
but I've done this long enough to know how insurance industry, how the insurance industry works and how insurance companies work. And I will tell you that I've had countless stories from people who have not been at fault for accidents. And all of a sudden there's a rate review of their premium or they get denied coverage the next time their premium comes due because the insurance carrier doesn't want to cover them anymore. It, it isn't necessarily stated anywhere in the claim file that it was because of an accident claim, but you and I can probably both agree that's exactly why it's happening. So there is this seedy underbelly in the insurance industry that does do these sorts of things to affect policyholders in the event that claims are made, whether they're at fault claims or not. That should not discourage you from making your claims. You buy insurance for a reason. If you have the right coverages, I would not tell you to avoid using your insurance coverage because of the fear that the insurance company is going to raise your rates. Go to a different insurance company. There's a lot of choices out there. I would not hesitate in a second to bounce to a different insurance company if they raise my rates because I didn't cause an accident and all of a sudden they're playing games to try to claw back or recover some of the money that they're getting from uh, or they're, that they're paying out due to a claim. So if you have the insurance, use the insurance. Don't be afraid of that at all. But I'm just being honest with you and being real with you because I've had enough of these stories uh, come through our office and we've talked to people about this. The law is very clear proving that the insurance company actually raised your premiums because of the accident claim is a little hard to do because they will never admit anywhere in writing or otherwise that that's why your rates went up. They'll have a billion other reasons, but they'll never make it about the claim you made. I'm just saying it's, I don't believe in coincidences and it would be very coincidental that you all of a sudden have a rate increase because you made a claim against your insurance. But, but that's why it's there. That's why you have it. So think about those different types of coverages. The, the, oh, the other one I wanted to mention was umbrella coverage. So umbrella coverage is an extra layer of liability coverage that kicks in when your limits your coverage limits are met on the liability policy. And that can get into the seven figures. You can have anything from, I think, 1 million up to 5 million in umbrella coverage. You could also have UIM and UM umbrella coverage, meaning that the other party didn't have enough insurance. You may purchase you know, 250,000 in UM or UIM coverage, and then a million dollars on top of that in umbrella coverage in the event that there isn't enough insurance from the party that caused your accident, you want to make sure that you're protected and that there is coverage for you. The differences in pricing on these is not all that much. So what I would tell you is rather than just immediately diving into the state minimums or immediately diving into a big policy in terms of the amount of coverage you're purchasing, compare the two. Look at what it would cost to buy a policy that's the state minimum, and then look at what it would cost to buy something 10x of that. So let's say you're in Arizona and it's 25,000 for the minimum coverage. Get a quote for the premium on the minimum coverage and then do a 10x of that. So 250,000, so 10 times that, right? Do 
do a, a quote for 250,000 in coverage and look at the two differences and, and look how those average out over a monthly cost. They're not all that significant, but the coverage is drastically different. So just think about that. And then again, go back to that first question you should be asking yourself, how much coverage do I want to protect me, my assets, my personal exposure, my family, my things to make sure that I'm not personally responsible having to come out of pocket in the event that I cause an accident or I'm in an accident that was caused by someone else, but I don't have enough coverage. They don't have enough coverage to protect me. That's when the UIM and the UM policies would come into play and possibly even the umbrellas on those. So there are good people out there that can talk to you more about these policies and how they work. And, and I'm not an insurance agent, clearly. I'm an attorney that most often sues insurance companies. So I, I, you know, I have a, a very jaded perspective on all of this. And I come from one position on this. But I certainly want you, the people listening to this podcast, just to be aware of some of this stuff. There are brokers that you can go to. I like that. I use a broker because rather than having to go directly to one insurance company and then another insurance company and another, you don't have to shop across all these different insurance companies. You can simply go to a broker and they'll do it for you. And you can ask for quotes. I want a quote for minimum coverage. I want a quote for, you know, a hundred thousand in coverage. I want a quote for, you know, 250,000 in coverage. And I want it for multiple insurance companies so that you can look at all of it and then kind of make your, your decision. So at the end of the day, I hope this helped educate you a little bit on the different coverages that are available, why you should be purchasing, purchasing some of these coverages, but it probably created more questions than it answered. And that's great. That means you've now, you're now thinking about it. Don't take this stuff for granted. Don't, don't wait for the bad outcome to then wish you had the right amount of coverage. We educate our clients after we've resolved their claim to go get the right coverage if they didn't have it when they came to us because it could happen again. It's not to throw away your money. It's not an investment. You're not going to get this back, but it is protection in the event that something happens. And you have to look at it that way and think about how much protection you want to have in the event something happens. And let's debunk the myth. There is no full coverage, right? And there's so there's no full coverage. That's That's just a fictitious term that doesn't really hold, hold any water. More importantly, there's adequate coverage or coverage that you think is sufficient for your financial position. And, you know, kind of thinking about how much coverage is you need. Now you understand how some of these things interplay and you may have more questions. And if you do, don't hesitate to reach out to us, reach out to a broker, or if you work directly with a certain carrier, ask them for quotes on, on how you change your coverages. Uh, you can change your coverage anytime. You don't have to wait until your policy is renewed. You could call your insurance company today. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what? I want to reevaluate things. Call them up. Say, I want to quote for what I have now. I want to quote for increasing it to this. I want to add these other coverages to make sure I have comprehensive coverage or med pay coverage. And then get a quote for all that stuff and look at it. You can make the change immediately if you want to. So you don't have to wait until the end of a policy in order to uh, to change it have some coverage right regardless of your financial position it's the law you're required to have some coverage let's reduce that number from one in eight to zero out of a hundred meaning everyone has 
insurance. There are zero cars on the road out of every hundred that you see that don't have insurance. Let's get rid of that because it's, it's just, it's not the right situation to put yourself in and certainly not the right situation to put others in if you're driving around and you don't have any sort of insurance coverage. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you some good things to think about. If it sparked any questions or anything you want to talk to me about, please give me a call. Our number at the office, 602-531-3911. My email address is on our website, negrettilaw.com. As always, it was a pleasure. Until next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you.